0: Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dan, a Marvel podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in this cinematic multiverse. My name is Tyler Borland, and
1: with me always is Danny Vincent. That's right, I'm Danny Vincent, and this week we discuss the other works of Cold the Rock Man. Yes, we're here to break down the films of Taika Waititi, including What We Do in the Shadows, Hunt for the Wilder People, and Jojo Rabbit. But first, we got some splaining to do. Yeah, yeah. So, do we want to
0: tell them why we're, we're not going to talk about Bus anymore, or why we won't uh, mention? Oh well, no,
1: well, no, no. I, I mean, mean, we could. We... I was referring more to like. First off, you might remember on our last episode where we said this will come out either next week or when we finish watching the movies. And let me tell you, we're kind of doing it before then because we still haven't finished watching all the movies, which is fine. Some of us are busy. And other of us have COVID, so <laughs> me, that one's me, I have COVID. But we figured this episode should come out before Thor 11 and Thunder. Here it is, two days before Thor 11 Thunder comes out. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> so, uh, we, made, we did it! Yay! But yeah, I have COVID right now, so if I sound hoarse, that's why. Don't worry, <laughs> Tyler. <laughs> thanks. Don't worry, Tyler is about 200 miles away from me? I don't know how far away you are from me, actually. 150? Four and a half
0: hours. I don't know, yeah, how, many yeah, I don't know how many miles. Okay, yeah, I was like <laughs> around around here. We just we don't say like I'm fifteen miles out of town. I live thirty minutes out of town. the everything's uh, gauged in minutes, not uh, minutes it's and fair. hours, not miles. Yeah.
1: Whereas in Chicago, the minutes can fluctuate so much depending on if there's an accident or traffic of any sort. Traffic. Russia, you gotta right? grab a slice of pizza. Did are I do you my- referencing?
0: <laughs> <Did> you re- <laughs> that was my Chicago accent.
1: <laughs> yes. That's what everyone in Chicago says. I gotta get this like to pizza. <laughs> when you're stuck in traffic. Do you know what blew my mind? was uh, When someone pointed out to me that the Joker in the Dark Knight has a Chicago accent. I'm like, really? We all sound like that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Oh, my. We all sound like uh, that, but yeah. Um, I guess we could tell them about us not being on Buzzsprout anymore. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're not. You, on you could Buzz tell them that. You know all the technical. So know, deal, deal with it. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
0: so Danny and I decided we were like, "Hey, where could we get a better deal for having our." And in no way are we sponsored by I was about anyone. Sound it like sounds re- like I'm setting <laughs> you it sound up. Like, but hey, if you want a great deal.
1: <laughs>
0: but anyways, so we moved host because Danny and I's schedules just are getting busier and busier. And our Oh, so we're gonna announce this part right now, which is fair. We we could announce this part now. Oh, I don't I wasn't announcing that part. Oh, uh, well, but, we, it kind of but, it sounds, it sounds like yeah. you are. But anyways, so, <laughs> so, so <laughs> anyways, so, uh, so, yeah, we, we decided that, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could have all of our podcast episodes hosted indefinitely in one place and us not have to pay for that hosting? And we found that solution, and it's at Red Circle. So uh, we've moved from being hosted with Buzzsprout, and now we're with Red Circle. I do apologize. It was sudden that uh, we made the change. We made the change during our little hiatus here. For those of you who are also podcasters and you're looking for someone to switch to. <laughs> you can save a
1: whole bunch of yeah. money in your car insurance by switching to Geico. By switching to and Geico. If, but, and by the way, if you're wondering about the announcement I was alluding to that Tyler didn't make, let me tell you what it is. It's that Thor Love and Thunder tickets are on sale right now at your AMC theater. <laughs> tell them Danny referred you and I can get some AMC Stubbs points. Not really. I'd be pretty interesting <laughs> if you could, like, oh yeah, that Danny Vincent guy. Uh, he has a Stubbs card, right? And they'll look it up. And be like, there are like eighteen Danny Vincents in our system. And be like, <laughs> I, I like, I like how uh, Buzzsprout
0: or not Buzzsprout what the heck, AMC. AMC is run by uh, this like semi Terminator, like quasi Terminator esque. Robot. Remember
1: that time when uh we were I think it was in our one of our Venom episodes where your like audio went really weird. Yeah. And all of a sudden it was just like you sound like I thought you were doing a venom impression, then it just didn't stop. And I was like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> you you
0: just kept saying, like I was talking, you're like, Tyler, stop. Stop. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Tyco
1: Waititi. Yeah, we should probably keep we should probably move on to. Taiko Waititi, director, Academy Award winner, and Legend. soon to be return director to the MCU. We're going to talk about three of his movies, not all of his movies. Um, we're talking about his three most relevant movies. What we do in the shadows. I'm um, for the world. Well, I guess his three most relevant movies besides Thor: Ragnarok, because I feel like Thor: Ragnarok is obviously the most relevant film. <laughs> but <laughs> after those would be What We Do in the Shadows. I'm for the world of people and Jojo Rabbit. And we will go in order. And Tyler, why don't you start us on what we do in the shadows by introducing it, me in it, so I don't just filibuster. Okay. So, what we do in the shadows, it's
0: a movie directed by the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only Jermaine Clement, Tyco. Eh, eh. White
1: TD, They co-directed it. They directed it.: Oh, together. really? Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. See, remember this is root? why
0: this is why you can't just give me the open mic and say, <laughs> uh, "Do this thing."
1: If you remember, the main reason I put this on was because Tyler slandered Jemaine Clement's name when we did our Men in Black Three episode. Oh, but, I did. Yeah, and I was like, you have to see what we do in the shadows. Before I stand by st-
0: my criticism
1: of that movie. I mean, but- yeah, and I stand by my criticism of Taika Waititi and Green Lantern. I'm not going to throw out his career because of it. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Taika Waititi's in Green Lantern. I've not
0: seen Green Lantern, seen Green Lantern in forever. He's, he's in it. He's I- the Polish best friend. Taika Waititi is in Green Lantern. He didn't direct
1: it. They made a the bunch show. of jokes of it in the Free Guy Marketing. Yeah, look him up. Huh. He's in it. Now we have to watch it. It's part of the MCU. Part no, of the multiverse. Also, wouldn't it be more part of the MCU if we and counted it as like Deadpool adjacent anyway? Just yeah. saying. Yeah. But technically. So, yeah, what we do in the shadows, I'm just going to filibuster on it a little bit. Not too long. Taika Waititi directed it with Jemaine Clement. It's a mockumentary about vampires in New Zealand. It's pretty fun. I have the hot take that I think it's one of Taika's weakest films just because it lacks the emotional core that every other one of his films have. It is just, oh, wacky fun times in New Zealand with funny um, vampires and
0: stuff. Is it it set up a lot like the the shorts that Taika directed? Yes, the the, the Thor shorts. shorts.
1: The Thor shorts were designed to riff off of what we do in the shadows because at the time, that's Hump for the World of People hadn't gone out yet i um, yeah. right and Taika even if it had gone out was more famous at the time for like to be clear what we do in the shadows I believe was more successful in the US than Hunt for the World of People so what we do in the shadows is a bigger deal for um Taika's career it's what puts him more on the map than Hunt for the World of People Taika uh directs and stars and it. it's funny it's got a lot of good jokes in it but to me it's always been a little lacking because also, just in general, mockumentaries don't really do a lot for me. I watched this one recently called Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, which was really cute. But I kept on thinking, you know, I like this, but it could be like really great if it wasn't married to this mockumentary format. Mm. And now someone's going to like burst in the room going like, Danny, but what about The Office? And I'll be like, eh, don't talk to me about The Office. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like, that's my take on what we do in the shadows. The show is good, though. I like the show more. Maybe Also, to, I guess that could kind of be my counterpoint for The Office. I think the documentary format works better in a TV show format. Yeah. I think what we do in The Shadows as a show is better just all around. Because, well, it's got a lot more fun concepts. Like an energy vampires in it. Uh, and, like, it plays more with the uh, familiars. I don't know. I think I need to watch the third season. I like the show more than the movie. I've not, I've not seen the show, but I've got it
0: saved in my Hulu to watch.
1: I've heard the fourth season's going to launch, I think, pretty soon. So How,
0: how is, is Tyka involved with the show?
1: He directed the pilot, but he other di- than that, yeah. he has like a cameo in one of the episodes in season one. From what I can tell, Jemaine Clement is more involved with it. In fact, from what I can tell in general, what we do in the shadows is more Jemaine Clement's baby than uh, Tyka's. Gotcha. Um, judging how like, they always tweeted each other on Twitter about when someone like congratulates Tyka, Tyka would be like, At Jemaine Clement! Look, look at what I did. (laughs) Like, every time I (laughs) was like, Taika Waititi to thank for What We Do in the Shadows' success. (laughs) So I have a feeling they, uh, you know, it's more uh, I do think it's more of a Jermaine Clement's thing. Yeah. But it did put Taika, and Taika, of these three movies, What We Do in the Shadows is the only one where he's a lead role. So, like, he's probably what I'd say the main character of What We Do in the Shadows. So, it's kind of cool. I
0: feel like his acting. Yeah, because he, in everything else that I've seen him in, uh, he's always been more of the supporting
1: supporting speaking, character. But. Speaking of which, I'm about to run out of time on what we do in The Shadows, but I want to do a quick side point about Taika Waititi and his career and also address something that we will not address on the show because we've decided we're not going to do a Green Room moment, which is the Buzz Lightyear movie. <laughs> the reason I bring this up is because... No, no trust me, oh, this yeah, he, yeah, it's 100% it. has yeah. to do with Taika, Yeah, is that I had the realization while watching it that I don't think Taika has been in a single movie that I would consider good that he hasn't directed himself. Because <laughs> I did not like the Buzz Lightyear movie. The Suicide Squad is probably the best film he's been in that he didn't direct. And I don't think The Suicide Squad is that great. Did he even, I wasn't a fan of it either. Um, did he has he... a cameo in it.
0: But he doesn't have lines, right? Is no, he, he does. He's catcher? like,
1: yeah, he's like the adult, rat, the adult ratchet catcher. You know what I mean? The dad rat catcher, <laughs> the adult ratchet adult catcher. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I've that seen eleven movies. Okay, that would be a the movie only exception to this. The only exception to this, which is fair. Okay, let me rephrase. Okay, I think Taika has been in good movies. He hasn't directed, but he—if he, he is—he's a bad part of them. The only exception is Endgame, which shouldn't count because it's. You know it's Korg. Like doesn't count. But Free Guy, which I thought was better than a lot of people did, he is the worst part of that movie. Green Lantern and Lightyear, bad movies. The Suicide Squad, disappointment. These are the films Tyke has been in that I've seen that do not were not directed by him. And Endgame is the only one I'd consider like a really great movie.
0: So, do you think that other directors don't know how to use? His his style, well, or I actually
1: think James Gunn used him very well. Yeah, uh, I think his role in the Suicide Squad is the one part of them. It sounds so dumb to say because it's literally like a five second cameo, but that's what I like, was thinking. Yeah, but it's like an emotional like flashback where he delivers the one line he needs to do with like actual like whimsy, which works for what that character needs to be at that girl's life. So like, I like his role in the Suicide Squad. I just think the movie around it is rough. I also think he's fine in Lightyear. The comment I keep making to people is that, so the idea of Lightyear is that it's the movie Andy would have seen that would have made him want a buzz Lightyear toy. And I look at it and I was like, no way. Who would want the cat? And then the director has gone on the record saying, yeah, you're right. He would want the cat. But the cat was sold out at the time, Toy Story 1. Happen. I'm just like, well, okay, well in Toy Story 2 we go to an aisle where it's only Buzz toys and there's no cats there. No cheap versions of the cat there, but whatever. Um, let's be real. The whole conceit that it's the movie Andy saw is just stupid and it should didn't, not be involved. Didn't, so Andy,
0: didn't Andy also get the toy as a birthday present? Yes. Yes.
1: That's it's what dumb. I thought. But yeah. also my point is my point I was going to make is even if the cat was sold out, I think most kids would want the Taika toy. Because the Taika toy is like, because I don't know his character name, but Taika in the movie is like the comic relief who's a little scared. So he's like, you know, like kids watching the movie, they're going to be just as scared as he is. And he like has a bunch of dumb jokes involving like using a pen as a weapon. So like, it's the type of dumb jokes kids like besides the cat. So the idea that Andy would be like, no, I want Buzz Lightyear. It's just like, no, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> anyway uh now, now we can talk about Hunt for the Wilder people. I just wanted to have that aside there because I think it is weird how a taika is yet to be used well in another director's movie. Yeah. Besides yeah. Endgame, I guess, who I don't really count, you know, so
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't count that one. That's more of an ensemble. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's in its own unique yeah category. Anyways, uh so yeah, Hunt for the Wilder people. Now, Danny, you actually uh showed this movie to me when you uh came down from Chicago uh yes. a couple of years way ago. Way back
1: way back in the before well way back in of the of before, before times. Time. In the end of the before times. Yeah. Yeah, we watched this right before um your wedding shower, right? That's yeah. what we called it. Yeah, your wedding yep. shower. Uh, and then the next day after your wedding shower, uh we all went to lockdown. For weeks yeah.
0: <laughs> I, re- I remember I remember that I brought donuts. I was like, everyone, I have donuts. And people are like, the state's shutting down. And I'm like, but I have donuts. <laughs> so yeah, Hunt for the Wilder people, Dr.
1: Alan Grant is fantastic in this movie. There, him <laughs> and the and well, if we're gonna call him Dr. Alan Grant, then yeah. also the kid from Deadpool 2, who was only cast in Deadpool 2 because of how good he is in this movie. Um is that was that was this, this is his Julian first Dennison, movie? I gotta assume, and if it's not, he probably like I, I don't know. I'm not gonna look it up, but I gotta assume it's either his first movie or like he was like a side character in you know, it, like not the main kid character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's um he's a uh, he's really great in it, and I would agree. This is probably my favorite Sam Neil performance as well. And mm-hmm. Sam Neil's a great actor. I I love Jurassic Park original i i do like
0: i do like sam neil in in peaky blinders but i think that like after i i think after season one he gets he he's pinned into a board with very little wiggle room um uh yeah no spoilers (laughs) um because yeah i don't want to spoil i know it's it's however many years Old Peaky Blinders is, but I'm like I don't want to spoil that because it's good. You stuff. You want me to watch it? it yeah, it's it's <laughs> good stuff. Um, so so yeah, Hunt for the Wilder People. It's it's. I would place this. So if I had a shelf, if I had a shelf system for for, for films. Oh, I was oh, just going to say no, no, for for films. Go ahead. for films of uh, yeah, just of like different DVDs and such. I would put hunt for the wilder people on the same shelf as Luca as it's something that isn't tied to. It's not a superhero film. It's not, um, tied to like a franchise like terminator predator, uh, aliens, you know, it's, it's nothing of that sort it's in this category with Luca because it is a film that it's kind of a, a feel good film that also has meaning to it. And, and I'm like, you know, I, I really, I, I, I do really enjoy, enjoy this film and I've, I've seen it twice now. Um, and I wish I would have got to watch it the third time, um, for, for this episode. But uh, it's a great film, though. But yeah, like, it's a great film. And I couldn't believe that I hadn't heard about it. And then you showed it to me. Well, you know. Both of
1: Tyka's early films, like What We Do in the Shadows and um, Home for the Wilder People, were stuck in bad distributors. Mm. But What We Do in the Shadows and Home for the Wilder People were both done by like these really smart descriptions. Descri- why am I saying discriminators? Distributors. <laughs> um, and then once, of course, Disney got well, actually no, because JoJo Rabbit was already in the works at Searchlight, Fox Searchlight before Disney bought them. But once Disney, you know, picked up Taika for Thor, uh, people were like, all right, let's get an eye on this guy. And also, to be real, Home for the Wilder people was kind of already just dis- like sold into where it's gonna be distributed from. I believe at the time, what we need the shadows was being distributed in the U S finally, because it took a while for what we need the shadows to come over here. But all that to say is that, um, it's a movie that's always really buried, but it's also the movie. I always see people like, and I think it is right. The people who've seen either Jojo rabbit or Thor Ragnarok, people will be like, if you want to watch another Tycoon movie, you should watch of the Wolder people. Cause a good way to like, the way this was sold on me was like, Hey, what if Wes Anderson directed up? And that's basically what this movie is. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. sure. Like, yeah, yeah. that works. <laughs> um, I think it does a bit of a disservice to some of the creativity here. I think the a final action set piece in this immediately tells you why they hired him to do Thor. Uh, where they're like chasing down the, like in the cars and it's very Mad Max. Yeah. Uh, I think Rachel House in this movie so funny! I think obviously Sam Neill and Julian Dennison are great. Yeah, but Rachel House is hysterical, and that, and that's <laughs> that's something that
0: uh, Rachel Rachel House has something that a lot of, I don't know. It's it's kind of a rare thing for comedic actors um, to have now, and I think it's it's kind of a lost art because like actors such as like Bill Murray had this, and it's like the the comedic timing, like perfect comedic timing, but also keeping your it's keeping your comedy true to your character and not playing the part up for laughs selfishly, you know, where it, it all fits in to the narrative. It's all
1: like it's believable
0: with that character.
1: She also always knows that it's genuinely always funny to underplay it it's better to underplay it than to be like, no child left behind. No, Like she does do some yeah. points in this movie where she just starts screaming it. But it's when she's doing something that's like ludicrous, like just grabbing a megaphone after so... Uh, like, I think there's like a... Maybe I'm wrong. Or maybe I'm misremembering. I think there is a scene where like, they're just like across like a creek, but they can't get to them. And like the nice police officer is like, all right, man, how about you come over here? And she just grabs the megaphone from and she's like... No, no child left behind. Come over here right now, Ricky Baker. <laughs> <And it's, laughs> I also think I really love. I would have to look up the actress name, but the actor who plays the mom in the beginning of this movie does a lot with very little screen time. Where she immediately sets up the stakes for both our characters and why they love her so much. She's just such a warm presence, and there's <laughs> just the great gag of her being covered in blood with the pig. <laughs> <Yeah. she> like... <laughs> um, this is a movie though where to me i've personally and i know i've only seen it twice so it's different i think this was my fourth or fifth time watching it and i'm always really into it until they go into the bush and then i disassociate in and out of it you know what i mean until the end uh and that's fine because it's a very episodic movie it's yeah. not gonna necessarily grab my attention i would love to this it in the theater at some time with like an audience at the music box that would be act, like be laughing at everything. Um the best joke in this movie, by the way, is um he's not Asian, he's white. <laughs> when it comes. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, but just there's so many great bits in this movie, and it all comes back also to just the relationship between Ricky and Zed? Is that the name? I've been trying this whole time to remember the name of uh, Sam Neill's character. I should probably just look it up. But yeah. It's Heck. Heck. Zed's the dog's name. Heck. Yes. Um, and also, Rise of Darby has a weird cameo in here, which is uh, I need to watch that show still about uh, the, the pirates. It's still on my list. Oh, Sorry. Yeah.
0: That's on HBO Max, right? Yeah. yeah. I gotta start it. That one is actually on HBO Max. Yeah. Oh, you know what else is going to be on HBO Max? Uh, what something Game of Thrones, Dragon People, prequel or
1: whatever. If you have, yeah. if you have access to That's HBO Max, you have to you have to finish Barry. Oh, oh, Get the and watch yeah. Barry. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot I, I, that. I will yeah. I will warn you that like Barry again, I, I think I've said this before. Maybe not on you, this podcast. You
0: well, you told me I think in a text. Well, I would say yeah.
1: Barry. Even if it's thirty-minute episodes, you should really only do one a day because that's going to be too emotionally distressful. It, do more than one I day. I, <laughs> I, this,
0: I uh, started to binge it, and then um, and then uh, Felicia's like, "No, I can only like watch one at a time because like yeah. like Barry is emotion very emotionally heavy, and that's underplaying that statement." Yeah, well, uh, yeah. The,
1: the new season of Barry is one that, like, literally every episode, like, was so tense. Oh, my God. It's, do you know what else, but you know what isn't on HBO Max? Uh, Jojo Rabbit? Yeah, which, conveniently, my timer just went off, so we gotta talk about Jojo Rabbit. hey oh. Jojo Rabbit. It's not on HBO
0: Max, and it's a movie. All right, thank you for listening to this episode. <laughs> How gotcha. Dare you? Yeah, I
1: have to give you. I have to give my story about Jojo Rabbit that I've alluded to in the past, but never fully given. Which have, is that? Have we not? I thought you did say that.
0: That tell that story on here.
1: Well, okay. Well, it's relevant again because we're talking about the movie, so, so I'm going to tell it again. <laughs> so, uh, in September of 2019, I went to the Toronto International Film Festival, and at a time it looked like I could not get tickets into a movie called jojo rabbit and suddenly we did miraculously get tickets to jojo rabbit not the premiere but the second showing ever the morning after and i was really excited because at the film festival they said well it's not even they said is that you kind of assume the talent's going to be there right like i saw the director of shang chi at the premiere of, not the premiere and again the second showing of his movie just mercy like literally a couple of days before seeing jojo rabbit then after Jojo Rabbit, I uh well anyway. I guess I should just cut to the chase. I got in the theater for Jojo Rabbit. The guy said Taika wasn't there. I was like, "Oh man!" But then I watched the movie and I broke down crying at the end of it because it was such a good movie. And then I, I, we applauded at the end because, sorry, Tyler, you applaud at movies at festivals. That's what you do because the talent is there and you're okay. supposed to give the yeah. No, that, that
0: is perfectly that's perfectly understandable. That if if the captain is there. <laughs> no, no. You still don't clap for planes, Danny.
1: It doesn't okay, matter. No, you clap at the no. end of a show. You have to I clap would, at the end of a yes, Broadway show. I would I would <laughs> say
0: that same thing is with like live theater. You know, you
1: you do clap. Yeah. And then for that. Taika, Tyka, well, then they say, guess who's actually here? They say Carthu Neal, who's the producer of this. They say Roman Griffin Davis, who plays Jojo, and then, of course, Taika's there. And we all break out into a standing ovation that lasts about two or three minutes, and we make Taika cry, which I found out afterwards was just because the initial reviews for this movie were, like, 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I think he must have thought he made, like, a bad movie, and then, like, we give him a standing ovation, and it won People's Choice at the festival, and eventually won him an Oscar for Adapted Screenplay. So. It's such a good film. It is. Uh, I'll say this, and this gets me a lot. A lot of people hate me for saying this, like my film friends, but I still think, I think this is Taika's best film uh, by far. It's a five out of five movie to me. It's like, it might be the best film the year it came out. The only competition it has for me is Parasite. Part of it has to do with my own personal experience, uh, like with children and like what this film is tangently about. I also think this film made a big mistake in marketing itself as a satire because I don't think it's a satire. Really, I don't. I don't think so either. It's not a. It's very serious. Yeah, and it just has funny moments in it. That's I, just I think Teichot's way of doing it's movies.
0: Like it is. It is very serious, and that tone hangs throughout the entire film. But we are that we're watching this through the lens of this. This child of, you know, um, of Jojo. And, uh, yeah, and it's, it's very Taika, like, did, I don't Roman Griffin Davis, flipping
1: phenomenal awesome. Phenomenal child Phenomenal, yes.
0: Fantastic. He got nominated
1: for a Golden Globe, which don't mean anything, but you know what, we'll accept it. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but,
0: yeah, Thomas so. Thomas and
1: Mackenzie, also excellent. Yes,
0: movie. yes. She's so good. Um, um, but Yeah. Like, so the performances are awesome, but Taika does something. And I've been trying to pin it. Taika ha- did something with this film where we told, I don't know. I watching it. I totally believed that I was like the, I was Jojo's age. I don't know. I don't, you know, like it has that you've got that. That natural, like just childlike wonder. We know, we know the bad things that are happening in the world at this time. And, you know, when, uh, when Elsa said, talks about Nathan, and it's kind of like we know the possibilities, the very, mm-hmm. real, po- very real possibilities um, of what could have happened, and the very slim chance that he is alive. And just this foreboding, just what gloom overhanging, you know, everything.
1: The sequence I always think about in this movie is that there is that overwhelming gloom that's there, that's present. Um, and also the scenes with his mother, where his mother, you can tell, is like concerned about what's happening to her child, yeah. Um, but she tries to
0: be so strong for him,
1: you know. And it it really, though, like hits in the best sequence of this movie to me is, uh, well. And in terms of direction, in terms of Taika developing himself as a director, is the scene where Stephen Merchant shows up, and it's just so like tense. It is so unnerving. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every I've seen this movie. I think I think this was my fifth or sixth time watching it, and that scene always gets me just on the edge, nervous because of how it's one of those
0: where it like catches you, catch yourself holding your breath in in anticipation. And I had to remind myself. I'm like, this is a movie. It's a movie. You're okay, but it, yeah, yo, wonderful.
1: Yeah, and it's such a brilliant move. Also, just to cast Stephen Merchant of all people, because he—I don't know if you've seen ever said—he's like almost always comedic. So to cast him as the one pure evil entity in this thing is such a like good choice. Because mm-hmm. he pops up, you're immediately like. Oh, this might be funny, but then it's like, nope, I'm a member of the Gestapo, and I'm ridiculously taller than everyone else in this scene, and I can crush any did, one of you. Did he play Caliban? In, yeah, he played Caliban. Okay, and, uh, I thought so. In yeah.
0: Apocalypse and Logan, right?
1: No, not in Apocalypse. In Apocalypse, apocalypse. is a different character. Okay. I, I presume he would have probably turned on Apocalypse, but said yes to Logan. <laughs> like that type of thing. <laughs> huh, I wonder why. Please pay attention
0: to our prior X-Men Apocalypse episode. (laughs) See our archives. Only on Um, Red Circle.
1: (laughs) What I did want to say also, my other main point I want to make about this movie is um, performance-wise and characterized, even though I'm sure we can talk about Scarlett Johansson, I I definitely want to talk more about what you thought about it, but I think Sam Rockwell won an Oscar for playing a racist bigot in Three Billboards Outside of Missouri. He was nominated for playing George W. Bush and Vice. The fact that he was never in the conversation for this role, which is, you know, like, the same type of, like, oh, white supremacist type of role, like, you know, like, on paper, even though, well, no, no, he's a Nazi. I can call him a white supremacist. Yeah. Uh, Even if he's a gay Nazi, he's still a white supremacist. Uh, His performance is so much better here. This is probably my favorite Sam Rockwell performance. There's so much nuance to it. And how it only is from Jojo's perspective, but you can still see the hints of his life beyond the frame. Like if you, whenever you rewatch this movie, because I know you've only seen it once, keep an eye on Sam Rockwell like throughout. Like in the beginning scene, I remember there's like they're throwing the books on the fire, and while everyone else is like happy, he looks vaguely concerned, and he just takes a swig of his drink to try to forget about it. And you don't notice that when you're watching it the first time because you're like, oh, it's just he's just annoyed at like being put in this position of having to take care of the kids. Yeah, But it's legit, like, he's the type of person who's too afraid to not be complicit in the disaster going on. And he is not, the thing is, there was a lot of discussion at the time this came out where people were like, it's a Nazi redemption art. I'm like, I don't think he's redeemed. It just says at the end, like, something good can come out of someone who helps out with evil. And the ending sequence, his last scene in the movie is what makes me cry every time. Nothing else in this movie makes me cry every time um but him saying don't worry everything will be all right it's fine and then literally like saving jojo's life right before yeah. getting shot himself is just like it really gets to me every time which i uh, wondered
0: if that was a war crime also
1: well they're <laughs> they're the russians that's what those oh, stuff, that that happened no. that's the no 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 it's they get I, taken by the oh, russians oh
0: the russians and, did make it there first and then the Americans yeah, came and afterward.
1: Then, and then Jojo escapes to the American side which is where gotcha. Gotcha. His okay. People, uh, where where his house houses.
0: Okay, that so, makes it makes more sense.
1: I Yeah. I
0: also like uh I really like the the relationship between Jojo and Elsa. And oh, I I love what they did with the ending of it to where like you anticipate that Elsa is going to give Jojo a kiss because they've alluded to it prior times, you know. Chekhov's gun, they they mention it at least twice. And so it's like, okay, the third instance, we're gonna get it. Yeah. And they it was a dud. They didn't do that. And I'm so glad he gets that, slapped. He gets yeah, slapped. And he that's gets the right slapped. response he deserves. It, he deserves that. <laughs> but then then she's she's kind of just standing there and like it's it builds this anticipation that like she's gonna do something and it's like oh well it's gonna be the kiss because they've alluded to it so much and then instead they dance and I'm like you know what this, this is awesome the fact that like we don't need this big Hollywood like the kiss wouldn't have been the,
1: the proper thing
0: you know the ending for this. The Weird thing
1: yeah. about the ending to me is well, okay, heroes obviously always a great choice to end your movie on heroes. It's kind yeah. of a cheat in a sense to like just put heroes at the end, of like obviously, like it is kind of a cheat. Like your movie's gonna end great no matter what you end up with that song. Um, but what always gets me is also like I feel like usually movies with quotes at the end don't work for me. But I feel like the quote here like perfectly yeah. sums up what the whole movie you just watched was, yeah, and like why it was made with the tone it was made. And it's like yeah like this is why i made this movie about the holocaust and nazism like funny is because that there were still people alive at that moment and people still learning to be better people and that is why we had to make it like this and i'm like that's a brilliant way to just close this out i Mm -hmm. mean goosebumps talking about that ending quote because i actually think it's one of my favorite think, end quotes ever th- in a movie.
0: I think that ending quote is genius. And uh I I I felt an emotional tug there. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's awesome. Because I was happy with them just dancing in, you know, fading with the dance into the credits, and then we get that quote and I'm kinda like, that's the cherry on top. Yeah. Damn it, Tyka, you did
1: it again. I do think this is like his best film. Um, yeah. I, I already said that, but like it is so accomplished in terms of what it does emotionally and what it is about. Um, and I think it is in, like my takeaway from it was, and I'm going to get a little bit political, but I think it's okay. Uh, my takeaway when I was watching this in 2019 was I remembered at my old job when I had this kid in the lead up to the 2016 election, talk about how they're hundred percent for Trump and how they thought Trump was going to build a wall make everything great, make America great again. And I just thought, man, you are six years old, six years old. What You don't know what you're talking about, but you're just like spouting this off, and it's like insane. And it's like, this movie comes along for like, that's what this movie is about. Like, it is about children who get taken in by this rhetoric that is far-right and extremist and want to aspire to it. And it's about them discovering like, there is more to the world beyond that. And I don't, to me, it's just such like, that is what the scene where Scarlett Johansson, what happened to my little boy? Yeah. Like she's like, what happened to my little boy? There's
0: more to the world than what you're told. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And I think it's a really important, like, this would be a movie I would show like a kid, you know, like at age 10, I think this is a really important movie for kids to see, even if it is PG 13 and it gets dark at points, but like, kids existed during World War II. Like, it's a fact. And there are other Holocaust movies about children that are way worse and also way less entertaining to kids. Not that, not that I'm saying that World War II movies and Holocaust movies have to be entertaining to kids. But, you know what I'm saying. Um, I also think there's just so many great direction choices in Like, the f- constant framing of her shoes and then the reveal of her death just being like a pan over to her shoes hanging. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, it's just it's and a real uh oh, the little
0: touches with Jojo trying to tie her shoes while she's hanging.
1: I'm like Ugh. Oh, that that devastating. Yeah. It's devastating. There's one thing I don't like in this movie, it's Rebel Wilson. But you know what? I'll allow it. <laughs> I I actually okay, so I don't like Rebel
0: Wilson. I don't all. hate. Okay, I, I think
1: she's fine here, but she's kind of like whatever, you
0: know. I think I I tolerate her like I tolerate Melissa McCarthy. Um, although Melissa McCarthy's SNL stuff is pretty funny.
1: Also, um, uh, Melissa McCarthy did. Can you ever forgive me? Rebel Wilson has not done a good dramatic role yet, as far true. as I'm aware. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So I Rebel Wilson's role is kind of a take it or leave it. Um. I like and, the joke with the
1: clones. Clone jokes, fuck it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think her role is definitely is more for the shock factor. Um, yeah, that she's- it's it's a with with comedy. You are always both. Well, I mean, just with drama, drama and comedy. You're always raising the stakes, and in these little moments here you know like your plot is a roller coaster and in these little moments that you're building up to the pinnacle of that scene um they reach that pinnacle and then rebel wilson's kind of it's like how far can we go and rebel yeah. wilson walks in and she shows you how far you can go and then it's boom and yeah i think that's she serves as more like shock factor which is ultimately just transition
1: to go into other things yeah we have a run out of time but i have three other things i want to ask you on this movie is that okay yeah go ahead okay so first off is um well i forgot what my my first question was so i'll jump to my second question hopefully i'll remember my first question but what did you think oh actually no i remember my first question so scarlett johansson was the only actor for this movie nominated for an Oscar? This was nominated for. I can look up how many Oscars it was. It won adapted screenplay. Uh, people were mad about that because it beat Little Women, and Little Women is good. I think Jojo Rabbit is a much more interesting work of adaptation because of the original novel. Apparently, Jojo is like twenty. So uh-huh. I think, and also, imaginary Hitler does not exist in the novel. So, uh, it got six nominations at the Academy Awards. It was nominated for. Picture, supporting actress for Scarlett Johansson. That's the screenplay. Costume design, which makes sense. I feel like this is really cool costumes. Uh, film editing and production design. Production design also makes sense because that house is really well crafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and of course, film editing makes sense because comedy. But I was going to ask, do you think Scarlett Johansson makes sense as a supporting actress nomination? Because to me, here, hear, hear me out. Sure. She's fine. She's got a couple good scenes here. Her accent slips a bit. But also, why would you nominate her when Thomas and Mackenzie is in the same movie? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, because clearly, I mean, Mackenzie is not the lead. JoJo is obviously the lead, but I don't like there there are things that happen to uh Scarlett Johansson's character that are you know are emotional, but like they're all things that we're responding to JoJo's response to those things, and not necessarily what ScarJo is doing on screen. You know,
1: I so, mean, do you remember? Do you know? Do you want to bet? What her, guess? What her awards clip was? Because I remember. Guess what her awards clip was.
0: I don't know if you say it was- it's her hanging.
1: No, from the thing. That's not acting. That's not acting. That would be Roland Griffin Davis's awards clip if he got nominated. Yeah. Um, no, it's the scene where she goes to the the um, the fireplace and wipes the soot on her face and goes, Jojo, go to your room. The one where she's the pretends to be the dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is I mean, I get why she got like, she got nominated because it's like Let's be real. Taika sold this movie as a love letter to moms. He called, he called, I think Taika sold this movie really badly. I'm going to be very blunt. Called it a satire. He called it a love letter to moms. Uh, And I I see the love letter to mom aspect in this movie. Sure. But I think there's a lot more stuff going on to that. That in here, you know? Oh, Uh, you know, yeah, you could call this
0: satire. Yeah, I, don't, I, I see where he's getting it because you could call it satire as in it's it's criticism of extremist ideology. And like, I
1: think that, I think if yeah. you judge this movie as a satire, it objectively fails, though, because I think, I think, it, think it's too think idealistic it, to be a satire. Personally. I think it puts
0: it in a box, I, yeah. which is weird because I don't know. Yeah, satire has to be in a box because you've got to be very clear about what you're criticizing. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think I think that it, it can qualify as as satire. But anyways,
1: so I I don't I don't think it's satire. But it's okay. We can agree to disagree on it. Yeah. Uh, like I, um, my second thing was we didn't talk about who I remember is the funniest character in this movie, which is Yorkie, who pops up here and then and is, is uh, very funny because he goes somehow I just can't die. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, he, I, I commented uh, watching this. I told Felicia that I said I just love that he here is this little boy and he's always dressed like a grown-up man with a date full time like day job. He's, and someone pointed
1: out to me that he looks like they just shrunk. Uh, have you ever seen Shaun of the Dead or uh, No Hot Fuzz? Well, it looks no. like he, they just shrunk the main actor from that. He oh, looks like I... Nick Frost, but they just shrunk him down. <laughs> Sorry, go on. What are you going to say about your But, <laughs> but I,
0: yeah, I just it's the uh, it's the re- not reversal of roles, but it's uh it's the f- flipping of ex- expectations. It's you know where it, you're expecting this kid to be more like JoJo, and he, he, this this kid just acts like a little adult, and yeah, it, and he's. He's, he's funny. flipping hilarious. He's, yes.
1: I know. I haven't seen his new movie. He's in the home alone reboot, which sounds terrible, but you know what? He was in a, he was in Georgia rabbit. So he's forgiven. Also, he's like, 10, <laughs> so I'm not going to hold any grudges against him, Right. <laughs> um, and the last thing I was going to say is we have to talk about Taika. We've talked about his direction. We've talked about his writing here, which we've said is brilliant in both regards. But what do we think about Taika as an actor And the role of Hitler in this movie. Because I'll tell you this. Someone once pointed out to me. That. Hitler in this movie. The imaginary Hitler. Basically does function as a gimmick. You can remove all of his scenes from the movie. And the movie would work exactly the same. I. Sure. Whatever. I like his scenes. I I think they give Roman Griffin David. It's a good way to dive into Jojo's head. You know, like, his actual state of mind and his, like, thinking to himself. Um, and in that regard, they work. But I do also understand how it's a gimmick. But what do you think about the imaginary Hitler conceit? And what do you think about Tyka's performance as imaginary Hitler?
0: I think that... I think... Uh, I want to start with Tyka's performance. I think that Taika's performance um, is... I think it's it's good. I, I yeah, think, I would like, agree. it's... The fact that he oh, he overplays it, which I I always told. Well, Danny, you acted in a couple of scenes that I directed, and I, I would always t- I always I'd always tell actors overact. We can always bring it in. You know, we can always yeah we can always tone it down. If you underact, there it's you're always struggling. You're always reaching, and let's I'd rather go over over the top and then we simmer it down to where we where we need it to be um and i think that that that's very similar to what taika does here and i think that the over the top and uh just showing like one it shows how how crazy our minds can be number 1 um but two it it just gives us it gives us this nice little break from reality that's not really a break from reality you know it's it's surreal it and um and it it shows how really twisted and ingrained this ideology is into the youth of germany at that time and with and with jojo and uh yeah it just I think I think Taika playing it over the top was perfect and uh, <laughs> yeah because it it highlights the moments where things are a lot more serious I, you know? I just
1: remember the moment that got like, everyone, really well. like there are two moments in this movie you no know, I agree and I'm going to talk uh, I'm going to respond a bit but I want to say there are two moments in this movie I remember at my Tiff audience got huge like laughter that lasted so long for like like you couldn't hear the next few lines of dialogue of so how much people were laughing. One of them is the German Shepherd's joke, which is really good. Yes. Um, but the other one is just at the end, because you know, everyone's been tense for about 20 minutes at that point. Um and then you hear Taika's voice off camera, and you're like, hey, right, we're gonna resolve the Hitler thing. He's like, he's like, cute there, and then we cut. To Hitler walking in, just with like the, the gunshot wound, who's the He's like, "You little kid!" And like the entire audience just burst out laughing at that because no one was expecting like the gruesome bloodshot wound, the gunshot yeah. wound in his head at the end. Um, I think Taika. Well, first, i I already said what I think about it, if it's necessary or not. I think Taika does a good job with this role because. He does. He makes it funny when it needs to be. I, I one thing, an underplayed moment. I think, like underplayed for Taika, because it's big, but it's underplayed for the character he's playing. Is when he goes like, "Do you remember last last year when I popped those pirates and I had to take out a bomb with my firing squad?" And it's like just a ridiculous. Like, okay, so they. He's like his imaginary friend for other things yeah. too. <laughs> like, and I kind of like that. Just well, slowly there. It's like, yeah, no, he's gone on wacky. He's of he's making
0: a reference to uh, the incident that the movie uh, Valkyrie covers. There, really? There really was a yes. And so oh, that's I, funny. I, and I, thought honest, I honestly
1: it, just thought it was like Jojo went on a adventure from of pirates. So no, I no. That line. Was he's, like he's.
0: I mean, he's he's overplaying the fact. Basically, he's like. This guy was one of my generals and he had an eye patch, so I'm gonna call him a pirate oh, because I don't respect uh, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've,
1: I've seen bits Valkyrie. of the Tom Cruise movie yeah. on TV. Yeah. Yep. Um, directed by director of X Men Apocalypse, Ryan Singer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I was also gonna say is where I really like Tyga here, where I think people don't give him enough credit is, well, okay, another great moment that I wanna give, give credit to him is that is this weird? None of this should be weird, which is a really funny moment too. But what I was going to say is like when he goes into like actual Hitler mode and like, he's like, you must not let down your defenses. And it's like, Ooh, that's like good. Like, it's still like, it's still like Taika and dressed up doing it, but that's okay. Cause it's still a child's version of Hitler. Mm-hmm. And it still would be terrifying to a kid. So like, I don't know. I think, I think Taika good here. I think the obvious best parts acting wise are Roman Griffin Davis. Uh, Thomas and McKenzie and Sam Rockwell, but like Taika and ScarJo are both good in this movie as well. You yeah. Know? Yeah. All right. We've gone over time, so we will just quickly say what we want to see Taika bring from these movies that he didn't necessarily bring in the Ragnarok, that I want to see him bring in the Love and Thunder. I think it's pretty obvious for me. I want to see him bring the raw emotion of Jojo Rabbit into Love and Thunder, especially in how it's going to tackle that which is still not in the marketing at all, uh, Jane has cancer storyline. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess, but not really, because we've definitely alluded to it on this podcast before that this movie should address Jane Foster having cancer, even though it's well, not in the marketing at all. It, the, the Maybe maybe well, it won't. Maybe it won't. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I do want
0: to say something. like The marketing has been leaning very much more towards comic book accuracy. Um, it, it's still an adaptation. But it is it is uh leaning more on the lore of the comics that it's based on. And it seems to be based on two different uh Thor runs. One of them, which we uh read the end of.
1: For uh All New Fifty Two, a podcast you can yeah, check
0: out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with on All New Fifty Two, uh, we covered the end of that. Um and Gore King actually Thor. comes back. Yeah, yeah King Thor. Um, so there is that one, and then there is uh there's that one that they're taking things from, and then uh there is it's ugh, I can't remember it's it's the mighty Thor that's yeah, that's what yeah, it is the one with the Jane. mighty Thor, which is Jane Foster as Thor. I do think that Jane is going to have have cancer in this um
1: yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I would I would I like so. to see Thor, Love and Thunder make me cry. Do I think it's gonna happen? Maybe, maybe not, but I could see Taika pulling it off because Judge Rabbit makes me cry every time I watch it. So yeah. <laughs> and Hump for the World People like makes me very like emotional too. So I would like to see that heart that are in Hump for the World of People and Jojo Rabbit that is somewhat in Ragnarok, but not fully. I'd like to see Love and Thunder be emotional. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah. So do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I because
0: Ragnarok like Ragnarok is the uh it's the road trip uh you yeah. know film. It's the it's yeah, it's the road trip film. Yes, it's got serious moments to it, and ultimately there are serious consequences that come from that film um into the wider uh universe. Uh but yeah, I would love to see Love and Thunder. I don't know, I would love to see something that effects, and I think like Tyka touches on it in Ragnarok, but I would really love to see him really go through with it in this one where we real like we do affect the surrounding universe, but he really is uh it's this self-contained story as well. I want it to be
1: the we we want it to be the guardians to a Thor.
0: Basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very make it a very personal very personal story but uh yeah and the if if this is the last time that we see thor yeah. i that's how they should be treating every movie it's not oh well you'll see them in the next time uh like it should be <coughs> dr
1: strange post credit scene
0: right every movie could be their last i think that's how we should should yeah. more so treat it um
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, we do know this will be Tycho's probably last time with Thor for quite a bit anyway because he has Star Wars next. And even if that Star Wars movie doesn't happen because, you know, half of them never happen he'll be stuck working on it for a bit anyway, you know? Yep. Yep. um, All right. We'd like to thank Joe Shrimmer for editing this episode. Thank you, Joe. And next time, which will not be next week, um, next time we'll be on here will be to discuss Miss Marvel as a whole. We have both watched the pilot episode. We both really like the pilot episode, but we're going to wait to cover it as a full piece. And if you're wondering why we're not going to cover Love and Thunder before then, it's because, well, we'd like to cover Miss Marvel first because, let's be real, who knows when we're going to see Love and Thunder? Well, let me be Who knows when Tyler's going to see Love and Thunder? I have my tickets for Thursday night, so... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm not throwing you under the bus. I just say I have my tickets. I'm not yeah. throwing you under the bus. I'm just throwing you under the bus. <laughs> <I
0: don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not throwing you under the bus. I'm just holding you down on the pavement. And if the bus happens <laughs> to drive over. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts,
1: and Pandora, and many others. You can also contact us by email at whyiswithtiedan at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at whyiswithtiedan1 because I am numero uno. You can follow me, Danny Vincent, on Letterboxd at Blightman's Reviews of Movies, including those not in the MCU, and links to my other two podcasts, The Snub Club, and Looking for the Ocean of Pixar Journey, which you can find on any podcasting platform that exists. All right. Bye.